Hey, everybody. It's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney. Over there, Steve. Gotta exhale sometime, man. Well, I just realized what you named the recording session. <laughs> that today, is our secret. <laughs> today, we are talking Farmington Correctional, a novelette by Sean, not Scott, Thompson. Yes, the... the He's not from Canada. I don't think he's gay. And well, he's actually kind of funny. So one out of three. One out of three. Similar. But this book is not demonstrative of his sense of humor. Well, it can be. I I, I think Sean has like a fairly gallows sense of humor. Hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes. Now... There's not a whole lot we can do with detailed analysis of the plot of this book because it is so short. Um, the copy we had for review was only 68 pages. Yeah. And, and we certainly. didn't get any of the supplemental extra pages that are in most books. We just got the story itself. There's extra pages. Uh, the title page and oh, the copyright right, right. page and then yeah. acknowledgments. And I got gotcha. like I got gotcha. We just got the story because, you know, we suck. We're going to start. <laughs> we're going to start doing an entire series where we just review the acknowledgments page. <laughs> <laughs> it is the most important part of any novel. Right. And I think and I think some reviewers, that's about as far as they go. Come on, you never read the introductions anyway. That's true. Uh, we did get a page that said, another head for the chopping board who needs a devil when you've got the Lord, the veils. Right. So the epitaph page, epigram, epigram. Epigram, yeah. we got the epigram page. Epitaph, hopefully. Not the epitaph. Yeah. <laughs> so just <laughs> speaking of which, I don't think this book deserves um, an epitaph. It's a good book. Mm -hmm. um, we've read a couple of Sean's things here on these airwaves, and they've all been been good. Right. Uh, you read uh, Hate from the Sky and reviewed it on the blog. Yep. And we did The Demon. The Demon. Uh, near the beginning of the year, I believe. Uh, yeah, it was either the beginning of the year or the end of last year. It was winter. Mm -hmm. I remember it being winter. And we were on the wall, passing the lonely nights, watching for White Walkers, and reading Sean Thompson. As you do. As you do. Now, this book is, uh, once again, by Sean Thompson. Uh, it's published by Planet X Publications. Um, and it is a... It is a more straight horror story than a lot of the things we talk about on the show. Uh, it's very strange. And it takes place in a fictional prison called Farmington Correctional. In Central Mass. In Central Mass. And it's butted up against an ancient pine forest. A spooky ancient pine forest that hides a secret. Yeah, I mean, there's a he, he blends a lot of your traditional horror tropes 
into this rather weird tale. It's told from two characters' perspectives. Uh, mm -hmm. One, Sarah, who is a um, she's a she's psychologist or or counselor, social worker, social worker uh, for the prison, and an inmate named Chuck. And these are really the only two characters we get. Uh, Chuck is in in like we said, an inmate. Um, and he's having some nightmares that, and he's also on some psychotropic medication. Yeah. He's in there for having uh, lost his temper at a carjacker and beating the guy within an inch of his life. Right. And Sarah is, it, she does the anger management group and one-on-one -on -one, like therapy sessions. Right. She's trying to help him work through his anger. Right. Um, meanwhile, Chuck is turning as 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 people do when they're incarcerated is turning to the lord for his mm -hmm. solace right <laughs> which I, I think is a great twist and um i don't know if anyone's ever taken cuz this stereotype of the prisoner uh turning christian or or muslim mm -hmm. um in in jail and well Back in the day, we used to call them jailhouse Christians, jailhouse Muslims. Um, right. Because they're very, very religious when they're inside, but they kind of go back to them old selves on the outside. Right. And 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 a lot of them, oh, well, I'll just go ahead and say it, think it's a get out of jail free card, so to speak. So you, that you can act as shitty as you want in life, but it's cool because you know you're repenting, you're done. Mm -hmm. You go to heaven, so you can do whatever you want. And it's a nice little story for people who are in there for doing really shitty things. Right. And, and I'm I'm assuming that for some of them, it actually does help um, turn their lives around. Um, for others, not so much. But right. it is definitely, um, it's trope. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I've read anything that explores this um, at all. In, in a horror sense, I'm sure there's like, quote, legitimate novels out there that take a look at this. But um, I don't read legitimate novels. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I read what I like to read. I like to read this. Not that it isn't literary and all that, but, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's quote, genre fiction. And I like genre fiction. And I don't know if this has been explored in genre fiction, especially horror fiction, which will take something like that and, and take it to an extreme, which this book certainly does. Um, there was one story in... Uh, oh, I've forgotten the title. Daughters of... Sycorax? Sycorax. Sycorax's daughters. There we go. Um, yes, but the, I don't know if that one, if that was like incidental or if, if that was like, I can't remember if it was like an incidental part of the character's development or characterization or if it was like a major fucking plot point because in this it's a, it's a, it is the thing that the plot turns on it is it is and and we get a very interesting 
almost kind of uh, on one hand, it's pretty cut and dry because Chuck goes in and he his psychosis deepens and he draws further into religion and you really get this kind of children of the corn kind of thing going on uh, where he's kind of getting this weird uh, violent association with it. Um, very, very uh, apocalyptic. Yeah, there's elements of children of the corn, like you said, or um, frailty comes to mind. Mm-hmm. The movie Frailty. Um, and and maybe even a little bit of, I don't know if you ever saw The Void. Uh, no, that one I haven't seen yet. Um, it, it got a lot of, of, of quote-unquote press um, mm-hmm. in certain circles on Facebook when it came out. And then a lot of people were um, didn't like it, I guess. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good film. Mm-hmm. Um, I could definitely see parts of the void in here. Um, yeah, sorry if if I aren't outer darking on you or anything right now. <laughs> I liked it. Well, but this is not the main thrust of the book. Uh, the main thrust, as far as a genre trope, is the kind of built in a bad place uh, type of idea almost like the haunted house or um the pet cemetery type of vibe i mean that's certainly going on as well you have there's there's a number of things going on you have like this this, the prison is is built on the haunted pines and there's an entity in the pines that Mm -hmm. um that makes it haunted (laughs) i don't want to give away too much you have that you also have um people in positions of power in the prison who are doing some sort of experiment on the inmates. Mm -hmm. Um, Chuck being one of them. Then you have Chuck who's, who's going flipping crazy um, with visions of God telling him who to smite and who not to smite. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so you have all these elements going on and how they interact because really those are three different stories. Right. And they, they, um, they are intertwined and they intertwined and they just start building and building and building and building until the last two, three chapters, you get the climax and everything just explodes. Yeah. It, and it, it's handled really well because I find it hard enough sometimes to, to, think about one kind of like major theme like the haunted place you know built in the wrong place as that's the theme and you stick to that theme and that's what your story is supposed to be about but this you know he takes like three different like story elements Mm -hmm. story Um, elements that people have devoted to entire novels yeah yeah and, and wove them together very well right and then manages to put a twist on the end as well mm-hmm. which is i think you know that's that's it's pretty cool that's that requires kind of an encyclopedic knowledge of horror and and its tropes yeah, to be and, able to pull this element here this element here this element here and then bind them together 
Yeah, and and Sean does a really good job of that, and he, I think, he does have an encyclopedic knowledge of horror and its tropes. Um, just having having, you know, interacting and talk to the guy, he likes horror a lot, <laughs> <laughs> in an so, almost unhealthy way. <laughs> no, but like, and it's he's. He's not pretentious about it either. He's not like fucking Rob Zombie who like <coughs> fills his fucking room and everything with like, oh, this is the left the left hand glove from Michael Myers' third film. Sean's not like that at all. He could talk to you about it and he will talk to you about it. Um, but he's not pretentious about it. Right. And which makes it really cool. So when you read something like this and he pulls it out, it's really well crafted and it doesn't, none of it is pastiche at no. all. And it's where, all original. Where you get something like um, Rob Zombie is all pastiche. He can't do original things. Everything he touches is either a shitty remake or um, just a variation on something that John Carpenter did a while ago. Mm -hmm. um, so, Yeah. If if you take anything away from reading this this uh, book, it should be that Sean Thompson is better than Rob Zombie, as far as horror goes. Right. I'm not entirely sure that that's the best compliment you could pay the man. Well, I mean, it's a Does compliment. It yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now let's 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 talk about you said you mentioned pretentious. Um, I mentioned and where where a lot of that show, right? You mentioned you, but you mentioned the word that he's not. You mentioned that he's not pretentious, right? And that shows through in the <laughs> the phrasing, because that's where where a lot of writers uh, really show their pretentiousness is in the actual phrasing um, used. Do I have to do a cough Lovecraft? <laughs> Sorry. No, it, it's implied. <laughs> but Sean, we, we mentioned this in, we mentioned this in our review of the demon that Sean uses very plain language, not, not dumbed down or simplified language, but very plain. It's, it's it's everyday language. Mm -hmm. It's um. We also mentioned um in the demon that it it's reminiscent of Stephen King, um. Just stylistically, with without the huge amounts of of um. Just random minutia. Yeah, random characterizations, like in depth characterizations of minor characters now he does he does go into minor characters background mm -hmm. but not to the point where you're just like where, where it just becomes tedious and right. and king king gets that way sometimes it gets a little tedious to read about um a guy who's going to die next chapter um here right. he gives you a nice little background this is what you need to know about this guy here you go He's gonna right. die. And and any any extraneous background there is, it only serves to influence uh what we know about the character in the moment. Right. Um 
this this is written in active tense, uh, very very present, not past tense. Uh, so it's it's written as if it's taking place as you're reading it. And so a lot of that background stuff would be out of place. And and it's all told from the it's background to through the um, filter of Chuck usually. Mm -hmm. It's 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 just how Chuck sees this guy. Well, you get you get some from Sarah. Um, like her uh, interest in the guard Terrence and why why uh, she did not return his phone call Friday night. <laughs> now, one of the she things the book, right? One of the things that Sean does in this book is he skips over time. There's there's time that passes through the book that would have been really padding for a for a proper length novel or even a novella. This is, I believe, a novelette. Um, but he strips it down to he gives us the essence of the story. Mm hmm. And and that's and the story really is all the better for it. Um, you could read 500 pages of horror mixed in with prison drama. Then it would be a that's, thing novel. It, yeah, it'd be maybe the Green Mile. <clears throat> but the way Sean does Farmington Correctional is is very streamlined. Uh, it only focuses on the events leading up to the climax. Mm -hmm. And it, it has a feel to it, almost like the climax was written first. And he said, okay, well, what caused this? And he goes back this many days and this many days. And you could really read this out of sequence. It's like a, uh, those old sixties uh, DC comics covers where the art, they, the artist would come up with the cover and then, uh, the editor would say, okay, I need a story for this cover. Right. Kinda, kinda. But it, it does. It, you really do kind of feel like you could read the book backwards. And you would still get the same thing out of it. You just, the time would be reversed. And I kind of like that. I've mentioned several times how I like authors who play with time. And I, and I really think that this does it as well, even though the story is pretty much linear um, but it works. You can do, you can go both ways with the story, start with the climax and then go back and rebuild what happened. Or you can read it from the beginning and hit the, the natural conclusion. And it does have kind of those, one of those, um, almost twilight zony conclusions. Yeah. It's definitely got a twist, right? It's got a, it's got a twist, but it's also got that ellipsis after the end. Right. You know, like, question mark? You know, this, this is not really the end. You know, other things happen after this, but this is just the section we want to look at today. And I have a feeling that this book really kind of also takes place in the same world as the demon. It can. Um I mean, it works fine on its own, but it also works well as being kind of, you know, something happening off to the side. I could see that. 
I could, uh, yeah, I could see that. Um, it's it's hard to get into the, to my feelings on that because it's completely dependent on how you interpret the ending, and I really don't want to give away the ending at all, right. or like even hint toward the ending. Correct. Just be, just because um, it's it's especially how Sean frames this as um, some guys descent into Christendom. Right. Turns into where, where the gates of heaven are actually, you know, the city of dis. Yeah. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the surprise at the end because right. of it. Um, I did. I remember reading online. Um, some guy was talking about how, um, you know, the, the, the Christian imagery from it was, um, you know, they were sick of, of that. And somebody had reprimanded them for that. Cause that's a lot of what we see in everyday life. So why wouldn't you build horror um, around that? And I, I, it just, once once you get to the end and you're like, yeah, it makes total sense why he would use this. And, and yeah, don't get me wrong. Yes. It, we are inundated with, um, with over the top religious imagery all the fucking time, especially in America. Mm. these days, We totally are. You can't get around it. Um, but I, I don't think that's the, what he, I don't think that's what Sean was going for. for no, I think, I think that's there a, is, a, there is horror in that. Most definitely there is horror in that, but I think he subverts that part of the horror with, with how it ends. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I think it's kind of a bait and switch. Yeah. It's Where? totally a bait and switch, but it's not a cheap one. I mean, there's there's bait and switch where you're just like, oh, whatever. Rob Zombie, and mm -hmm. then and then there's, um, you know, clever twist right. ending, like right. you know, I see dead people bait and switch. Right. There's, um, you know, it's it's almost like you have something. Sometimes you use like Christian or satanic imagery and it's there for shock value or to show that you're edgy or that you mm -hmm. shop at hot topic or something like that right but in in this it's it's just kind of there it's 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 window dressing uh the satanic elements that are included are really kind of window dressing but chuck's faith he has a kind of a, a real and true faith and it's just kind of fun to see Sean fuck with that a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, it's not always who you think it is talking to you. That's true. If you listen now to you've said too much. <laughs> now you've said too much. I've said too much. But yeah, so... and. The, the really great thing about Sean and his writing, I think, well, one of the really great things is you could see where his influences are. You could see, you know, you could, like I said, you could see the King, you could see the Barker, um, you could see uh, Ligotti in there. You could see all these things that, that he likes and enjoys, and he doesn't try and cover it up at all. He mm. blends it and makes it his own, and it's a celebration of what he enjoys. Right. Which it's, is it's fantastic, you know. And now I know you don't like King. No. Um, but you know, 
and and Sean can yell at me later about that, but yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's just your taste is your taste, but but you know, there's something in here that Sean enjoys that you enjoy as well, and that element is in there, and it draws you in. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, I really like Stephen King, and so when, when I read this, I can like go, oh yeah, yeah, I could. You could totally see the King in there, and when you read it, I'm sure you're saying, oh, you could totally see something else in there. Which is great because it, 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 like I said, it's a celebration of of his influences as opposed to, you know, denying uh, his influences, which is what he doesn't do at all. Um, And I think some people do do that. Right. And then other people celebrate their influences to the point of copying them. Yeah. And he doesn't do that at all. It's like I said, there's no pastiche. Right. There's no pastiche. There's no part of the story that you can sit there and say he's he's just copying King. You say this is very King like, yeah, or this like, is very Clive Barker like, or Thomas exactly. Ligotti like. Yes. But it's never Sean trying to out sit there and emulate those guys like a lot of guys do with Lovecraft. Right. He's no Durleth. Right. Ding. But overall, it is a satisfying read. It is a it is a quick read. It's very short. Uh, I think Steve and I both polished it off, you know, pretty much in an afternoon. Yeah. But it, it's one of those it's one of those kinds of books that it, it it gets gets right up on in your face and carries you along to the end. And really, it's one of those things that's hard to put down. Um. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I, I, I was reading it yesterday evening before we recorded uh, for Saturday night or went on the air for Saturday night. And there was a point where I was like, well, you know, maybe I can finish it in that before we go <laughs> go live. But yeah. I, I, I ended up finishing it after and uh, I stayed up. I stayed up uh, later than I wanted to mm-hmm. reading because I just wanted to see what was what was going to happen. Now, Which, now, before before we wrap up. Um, what is what is you you live in Massachusetts, uh, so what is your take of Sean's use of mass, rural Massachusetts? Um, I don't know. I avoid rural areas as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That just goes to show you're right there. That's why folk horror is coming back in a big way because rural areas are scary as fuck. Yep. <laughs> I, I I freely admit that um, Deliverance is one of the hardest movies for me to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I yeah that I, I don't like the rural. I do not like it. Sam, I am. There you go. <laughs> I don't mind like being out in the middle of nowhere where there's nobody. Right. It's rural people I really don't enjoy. Right. Sorry for all you people living in rural areas, but yeah, you know, uh, when when the police are, when you know the police aren't going to do anything to help you. <laughs> right. When, uh, yeah, just it's that's and an ambulance is thirty minutes away if you can get cell phone service to to call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a scary world out there. 
Well, that's I think that's one of the reasons why rural locations are used so often in horror, because, you know, there's so much access to, you know, things like police, fire, ambulance services, you know, doctors, roads, roads, (laughs) things like this. I mean, you know, you're being chased by a maniac in the middle of nowhere. There's one road. Yep. And it just goes and goes and goes. And, you know, well, one of, one of the creepiest parts of this book mm-hmm. was when uh, during the rainstorm, when Sarah was going to work um, and she had to go through the through the pines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, the road, the road to the prison goes through the, the pine, goes through the haunted pines. So she's going through these pines that have kind of a reputation to begin with. It's storming out and she's driving what, like a, a tiny little car, like a Corolla or, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, and it's described as like every gust of wind buffets this car off the road. So, and, you know, she's already like feeling, you know, psych, psych, ugh, not psychotic, but um, psychological pressure. Mm-hmm from her job where things are starting to go tits up um, in terms of Chuck. And she's already suspecting um, the staff of doing weird things. And to top it off, she's like going there in the storm and like, she can't wait to get to the place. She doesn't really want to be because, you know, something's out there. It's better than out here. Right. And yeah, and if you think about it, she's she's having this psychological kind of trauma with everything going tits up at work. And you know, and she's out here. And how many horror films and stories have you seen where it was stormy and dark and the car runs off the road or it breaks down or something like that? And it's just like you know, there's that that little inkling of genre savvy in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Where you know you know you're driving into a horror story, right? And it's great because none of that actually ends up happening to her, right? She doesn't run out of gas. She doesn't go into a ditch. The chainsaw does not start, right? There's no hook hanging from the door right. as when she gets out of the car. Right, right. Doctor Satan isn't underground with like a bevy of of hot women that he picked up on a on a white zombie video shoot. Right. Which, she, you know, she hey, there you go, Sean. There's your next story right there. <laughs> improve, write but, us, improve upon a Rob <laughs> Zombie music video. <laughs> no, well, make it make House of a Thousand Corpses into something original and good. <laughs> <laughs> but that about wraps it up. Sorry, it's a little bit shorter than normal. Um, because this is such a short story and we don't want to spoil it for anyone. Go out yeah, and pick just, it up. It, it, really, it just came out um, on the 20th of September. Mm-hmm. So like, it's it's like fresh. Yep. Uh, you can get this on the Kindle. Uh, you can get it on paperback. Uh, you can, At the normal Amazon. We'll throw the link in the description of this episode. The normal Amazon. As the normal opposed, Amazon. As opposed to like the abnormal Amazon. The abnormal Amazon where you go to get things like um, the conservatives handbook and right. stuff the like that. The dark web Amazon. The dark web Amazon. Which probably has it, some I'm, interesting I'm books sure. on it. I'm sure it exists. And there you have it. So once again, Farmington Correctional, Sean Thompson, 
published by Planet X Publications. Uh, pick it up, read it, love it, do whatever you do when you love a book. Leave a review. Yeah, leave a review. Because not everybody can be us. Right. And we'll see you guys next week. And until then, keep 30 luck keep points. 30.